Hey guys, you're listening to Musings with Townsend and Preacher Man, the podcast where life issues and the Bible collide. We hope you enjoy today's topic and are encouraged to do some musing yourself. Thanks for listening. All right, my friends, it is time for yet another episode of Musings with Townsend and Preacher Man. And hey, let me just y'all. let me just tell you how this is guaranteed a golden episode because she just walked in the door and said, I'm not ready. So hey, yeah. this one's gonna be as the young folks say, this one will be fire. So no, uh it's because she said it was hard. Yeah, is that fair? Yeah. This is a difficult topic. Well, uh, it's an easy topic as far as like what it is and what to think about. But having the answers, like, I feel like, you know, if we're going to muse about it, I should at least kind of have an insight as to what someone should do or think or feel or pursue in the Word. Or in this one, I'm like, okay, someone call in and join us and give me all the answers, please. <laughs> okay, so normally our habit, and it's, it's, it's just because it's just what I did uh, when we started, normally I'm the one that's introducing the topic. Um, I'm going to make her do it. I'm going to make you do it because... A lot, a lot of these uh, for this. When I say these, no one can see this. You know, uh, this is truly uh, the fact that Preacher Man has a face for radio, so you don't have to see me. But I'm pointing at this little. See this? I got this little sheet of paper, and it has our topics. I have to make a new one because we're we're out. We're done. The last three episodes that we've done were actually things that have been scribbled down on the bottom of the page, and this one is a listener-submitted topic yes. that was submitted to you. Directly to which me. Which I will say, by the way, most all of them are. I am, <laughs> an, I am a loner and not a lot of people writing or talking to me, which is okay. That's just who I am. But this was something told you. Now, let me say what I scribbled down was helping a child find their place. Now, that's what I took the day that you were describing it to me. But you tell me what is it that was asked of us that you see as being hard, that this this one's a hard one. What do you mean? Which one is a hard one? What's this one about? So another mother and I were having a conversation one night. It was late. Neither one of us could sleep. And she had messaged and checked in on me or I had sent her something. And we got to talking back and forth about kids and things that go on in our children's lives and talking about, I mean, ultimately we were talking about kids and riding horses and things that were associated with barrel racing and horse showing and things like that and talking about being involved in playing ball and school and so I made the comment that I wasn't sure that my child was ever really going to be a hard down competitor in the sport of barrel racing and for her dad to be a horse trainer her mom to have always done that you know that sometimes I don't know that parents know how to handle it when their kids don't really choose. They're not going to go the, the way you went. Yeah. yeah, and so then you know we discussed having to kind of let them be their own person while mm. still instilling things like I, I want to just kind of give you a background too because that will explain some of this. All right. My brother and I were completely opposite of each other, mm-hmm. but we both played ball and we both rode horses. Riding horses was not something that he had a passion for. Riding horses was something that I did have a passion for. Mm-hmm. He no longer rides horses. I still ride horses. Okay. So in the long run, he still ended up doing as he would, even though my parents, I wouldn't say made him, but they did have him involved in what was the family thing to do. And it did teach him responsibility and things associated with it. So we were discussing how... Sometimes things are pushed on children, and sometimes do parents push enough, not enough? How do you make sure your kids are on the right way and not just on your way? Okay. And so, so and I, I noticed you said you didn't want to say that your parents made him, but because we don't like that word, but is it fair to say they required him to do things even yes. though it wasn't his deal? Yes, okay. absolutely. Okay. And so the question before us, listeners, is how do you raise children? I mean, isn't that's like a yes, super simple? Yes. How do you subreddit? raise them and 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 push in a direction like you know if you have a child that isn't necessarily the way I take this is mm-hmm. my own agenda on my child. Okay. Like you know I'm I want to bring this child up and and there are things that even go on in my child's life. I was sharing an example that my child 
is naturally drawn to music. Mm-hmm. Everything mm-hmm. that she watches on her phone is music. She sings all the time. Right. Um, she loves listening to different types of music. Um, I can be channel surfing and land on America's Got Talent, yeah. and something can be on the screen or anything, and the second someone starts singing, she stops everything she's doing and watches. Yeah. That's out of my realm. That's your realm. Right, that's true. And so, um, you know, those are things like I... I'm a little unsure of. So, like, what are you supposed to do with it? Yeah, what do you do with it? What do you do? How do you make sure your kids, and then furthermore, incorporating it in, placing them in the center of God's will for their lives? Okay. Like, how do you bring up a child, make sure they're on the right way, and you're not just focused on your own agenda and doing so? Right, right, right. Okay. I want to create a free thinking, decent individual, but I have all of my baggage while I'm doing it. Yep. And how do I do this successfully where I'm not going to end up with an adult child and thinking about all of the mistakes I made as a parent? Yes. I've got bad news. You're always going to find things you wish you could have done a different way. Well, and that's kind of why I said this one is a hard one, because when you sit down... so. God has this way with me and you know I'm not one of those people that the good Lord can coddle me and grow me. Mm-hmm. And so he knows that he has to allow things to happen in my life as like a gut punch right. for me to like have a reality check. And so I'm doing all this research, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I've got it going on as a parent. I'm just doing right. so good, you know, like I've got my life figured out. And so when I very first started doing this, I'm like, I, I think I do this. I think I do well at this. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I've got it. Not necessarily a look in the mirror and a boastful, I've got it going on, but a little bit. Okay. I mean, I'll be honest. Sure. I, a little bit. I'm like, I think I, I'm open-minded. I keep this. I keep... Well, so I go to pick up my child yesterday, and she's never been put in time out so far, which is part of the problem. I don't even know if her meemaw listens to this podcast, but <laughs> I told her meemaw yesterday, now that is just sad that she's about to be four and never been in time out with you. So yeah. I'm just saying, I think that that might be part of the issue, but she was horrible yesterday. Mm-hmm. And so literally, I got home last night, and I'm like, well, let me start back over this research <laughs> because... <laughs> So I'm a terrible parent, and apparently my life is falling apart. So that's where that kind of went is, you know, I don't feel like necessarily we're going to end amusings with an answer today. Okay, so let's put some fair things on the table that obviously could be gleaned by somebody listening to more than one of these. I'm older than you. Yes. My children are older than your child. Yes. And so this would be one topic where I get to say I have the age slash wisdom advantage. Yes, and that's why I was kind of coming in with the whole like, okay, I'll introduce it, but now feed me. I need to know. So let me tell you one thing that that to the parent who was out there in the middle of the night with you, the fact that you're asking this question is so encouraging because a lot of us are out here just winging it and not – sometimes even bothered by whether or not we're winging it correctly. Yeah. And so we're living in a time, I would think, where we are unfortunately seeing the results of not caring that we were wrong or not caring that there was a different way, not wanting to be told that the way I parented my child could have been better. Nobody wants to hear that. I understand. And then we give trite things. Like the solution to all of our parenting problems is, Proverb 22.6, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And you are going to hear that spewed over you. And can I, let's, so let's let's start there, okay? So, because we're going to get to, you're talking about your brother and you or your daughter and you as far as like the horse world. Music was my thing. Neither one of my parents know diddly do about it. My parents had no, when I came home as an eighth grader and said, I want to join the school choir, both of my parents have told me that their thought was, huh? I'd never expressed interest in it before. There was no, I mean, I personally knew that I liked music class at school, but I didn't come home and talk about that. Right. Well, that day in eighth grade literally would become a defining moment for the whole trajectory of part of my life, you know? So they didn't know, my parents can't read music. My parents don't sing. My parents don't play instrument. My I'm parents, your parent. Right, okay. And so, and yet, it was perfectly fine for me to do it, you know? So, uh, I guess I've, I've just made myself want to walk in two different directions, and the Bible says don't do that. So, first off, if you're a parent and you're concerned about 
raising your child, to use a biblical term, in the way they should go, do not use Proverb 22.6 as your promise that as long as you do it right, they'll be okay. That is not true because A, it's not what the Bible verse is actually saying, and B, it's if you take it to mean that way, then you're going to see that you're lying to yourself because you can, with all the book reading, all of the intention, all of the helicoptering, all of it, your child will still fall victim to sin. They will still drink with their buddies if that's the way that they, they get got. They will still smoke something or vape something or watch something. on the, They're going to do that because the thing we sometimes forget as parents is they're human. Yes, and I was just going to say one of the things that I already catch myself struggling with is the fact that we tend, and I know as a mother, I'm maybe a little more hardcore on the emotion side and not as soft and emotional as some women, but I catch myself forgetting that I'm trying to raise a good godly woman, Mm -hmm. not a good godly little girl that I want to cuddle for the rest of her life. Sure. And so my mind sometimes has to cuddle my little toddler Mm -hmm. and hold and talk baby talk and sweet. And sometimes my mind has got to be geared toward raising a good godly Mm -hmm. woman Mm -hmm. in the way that I handle a situation Mm -hmm. so that I'm handling her as a woman, a a, a, her own entity Mm -hmm. in Christ, not as a part of me anymore. Right. And so that is so hard. (laughs) Because sometimes I'm like, I just want to stick you right here under this wing and hold you there forever. But if I if I don't handle this situation as preparing you for a good, godly, separate woman from me, I'm Mm going to handle it differently than I would if I'm keeping you under my wing. And there is a huge danger in that where you take the position of the Holy Spirit in your child's life. Yeah. And so you try to be constantly there saying, turn left. Don't touch that. Put it back. Be quiet. Stand up and say something. You want to be the instruction giver because there is a time period of their life where you are. Yes. You literally are teaching them how to hold a fork. You're teaching them how to sit still. You There is a time period where you do that. And there's a time period in their life where I do believe a child above all else should, in whatever reasoning behind it, motivation you want to give it, fear, respect, love, whatever, should obey me at all of course. costs. Sure. I mean, no matter what, but then... Even so early as about to be four, you see things that she starts thinking on her own, and Mm -hmm. I'm immediately hit with a time is coming Mm -hmm. when she's not going to even consciously be able to just immediately react in obedience to me because her own self is coming into play. And and that's part of why I want to encourage anybody who's uh, any parent, anybody who's helping a parent. This I, I, Proverb 22, 6 is so misused because it just dumps guilt on you if, if, it's, if it's accurate the way it's often presented. Like, you know, the reason that your child is in jail right now is because you didn't train them up correctly. Right. Well, I beg, I beg this example. Billy Graham is probably, well, he is the foremost evangelist of the 20th century. He has a son who spent plenty of time in jail for drugs. Yes. Do you think Billy Graham didn't raise his child according to the Bible? Well, absolutely. I mean, not. he has other children, uh, mixed age, older, younger. Uh, they didn't go to jail, you know. Right. To apply that Bible verse the way most people are comfortable doing it rejects the fact that the child is a human. Well, and it takes all the responsibility off the child and places it all right. on the parent. And that doesn't even get into the fact that a, it's not a promise, and that b. It's not even translated accurately about train up a child. It actually should be translated as train up a child according to his nature. And when he was so some people have suggested that what Solomon is warning is that if you baby that kid because they're being babies, then when they're old, they'll be a baby. Well, you know, someone I I can't even remember if it was a youth lesson. I'm grasping at straws to remember this, but in my head, 
we had a lesson and it was at this church, so it may have been up in the youth room, mm-hmm. but we kind of equivalented that to, you know, when you learn your times tables, you kind of go back as a foundation to fall on. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you're going to excel in algebra just because you tra- we trained right. you up in the, in the basics right. and you're going to then excel for the rest of your life. Or, you know, we taught you how to be in the wilderness and build a fire mm-hmm. and, and also how to cut down a tree and do some things in the wilderness, but it doesn't mean you're going to be able to go out there and survive and not right. die sure. if, you know, the circumstances change. And so it's more of a foundational stepping stone of this is where you you head, but there's no guarantees on the end result. Exactly. And that's that's a more accurate application of what Solomon is trying to say. In my opinion, there is not universal agreement. You will still find plenty of people that say, nope, that guy's full of baloney because it says if you teach them this, then when they're older, they'll never, they will never put that teaching down. Well, I have too much real life experience to tell you that that's not true. Right. So what's wrong, me or the Bible? Okay, so well, and your hands can only hold so much, right? So while you may still have laid it down somewhere and think you might can go back and pick it up, mm-hmm. if you're picking up the things of the world and sin, and the devil's throwing stuff at you, and you're trying to juggle it, at some point it may get thrown down. Right, hate to break it to you. So put that Bible verse aside as though there's some one perfect way to be a parent. There's not because uh, it's just not there. <laughs> There are perfect right things to do as a parent, but there is no perfect parent. God is the only perfect parent, I guess, if we want to use that sort of metaphor. But if I kind of lean away from uh, the religious part, you're looking at your child, you're a horse person, you're a music person, you're you're into mechanic stuff, and your kid couldn't hold a wrench to save his life, that kind of situation. Do I force my child to do this? No, you don't. You know why? Because normally if you force them, you're doing two things. One, you're trying to rob their life so you can live yours. What I mean by that is, uh, here's the example I normally use. Um, in a beauty pageant, is, is the little girl up there all dressed up because she likes it or because mama does? That's a good example. Okay. So that's, and so that's mama living through that child. You need to cut that out. That you, mm. But also, not to apply that too hard, you do need to make your child learn the lessons that you learned through mechanics, through horsing, through music, whatever. So if one of the lessons I've always tried to teach my children is always remember that someone is watching you. So when you go into public and you're doing something foolish, somebody's looking at you and then equating that it must be okay to do it because that, that person did it and they know you and they know where you come from and they know who you are. Someone's always watching. Where did I learn that? I learned that standing on a stage when my choir director said, always look at me, stand up straight, and don't move your hands, because if you're standing in front of an audience, someone in that audience is looking at you. I learned that lesson there. Did I force my kids to sing in choir? No. But I tried to use that lesson that I learned and teach it to them in a different avenue. So when you learn about respecting something that's bigger than you or taking care of the stuff uh, when you're putting it away so that it's ready when you go get it, those things that I guess you might learn in the horse world. You know, those lessons do need to be taught, but you don't have to force your child to do something they're not about when the lesson could come through a different avenue. So no, saw so this stress about, no, you have to get on that horse and you have to do this or you have to go to voice lessons. You you have to learn how to read music. They don't. They don't. That's you. And you're yes. not you're not making another you you're trying to pave the way for them to become what they're supposed to be. And it's so hard because you see things in your life that you've desired for yourself that maybe you missed the boat on, whether it was a voice mm-hmm. lesson or something that you felt like if you had had at their age that you would have been able to excel a little better at your chosen right. area. But then, you know, ultimately, I always try to ask myself, did I turn out okay? Sure. You know, did I turn out okay? Did and, we miss enough? And it- you turned out okay with all the mistakes you made. Yes. So exactly. see, when we're trying to hoard over our kids to prevent every, that's what I said, you're trying to be the Holy Spirit for them. Some of the greatest growth in my life comes from a screw up. Yes. Amen. And so I'm not, I'm not saying just let them run loose and make every mistake that's in the book, but also don't just jump into 120% action of harping on them or crouching over them as they are in that process of making choices. What you want to have done is create a foundation from which their choices will come from Yes. instead of sending them out there blind. Yes. This blog said something that I was reading, and it said sometimes a parent's determination to give a child the best start ends up being the very thing that gets in the way. Yes. And I said, that's so true. You know, 
um, my dad, now this is me speaking from the child's aspect mm-hmm. now versus the parent. Mm-hmm. So my dad, when it came to riding horses, was always my instruction, was always my conscience, was always my guide. He used to make the comment that no matter what he told me to do, Mm -hmm. until I reached a certain age, I would do it with no questions asked, and that's when I was the most successful. Mm -hmm. And when I got older and stopped doing that is when I lost some of that success. Mm -hmm. So my question to him has always been, what happens if someone if a, if a tragedy had taken you mm-hmm. and you were no longer there you you didn't quite prepare me for what life was without you because mm-hmm. you tried to give me all the answers you never taught me to think on my own right and so once i got of age that we could have that conversation on a civil manner in a calm <laughs> fashion we've kind of both gained insight and understanding sure. into each other so it's helped him see at some point along the way i should have I should have, we've kind of talked about the training wheels a couple of mm-hmm. times, but I should have took the training wheels off, been willing to put them back on and go back and forth a little bit. Instead, I stayed right there as your catch you and never let you right. fall and always try to have the answers and always try to pave the way. Mm-hmm. And then long story short, I moved to Mississippi and marry a horse trainer who I would have thought had all the answers too, and absolutely won't give them to you unless you knock it out of him. And so I was lost as last year's Easter egg when mm-hmm. it came to stuff with a horse when I no longer had access to my dad. Right. And so I don't, I don't want it to be that way either. Yeah. But what did I say while I go? I turned out okay. Yeah. It, it was fine. Sure. His mistake, my mistake, whoever's right. mistake it was, it turned out just fine. We're as close as we have ever been, and it's fine. Yes. But we have. So you have to let your child learn who they are and who they are may or may not follow the path that you followed in the sense of, I have three children. I don't think a single one of them is going to go off and get a music degree in college. But you also encourage them to be who God says they are. Exactly. So for example, what am I in control of? I'm in control... So see, you saw this topic and thought, this is a difficult one. I saw this topic and thought, man, I could get real angry sounding real quick. Because here's where I think the ultimate question about helping a child find their place, it actually forces me to try to define what does it mean to be a parent? And I'm going to use the Bible to define that because that's the source of truth. And so when I see in the Bible, God's instructing parents, probably the most ironclad Delivery would be Deuteronomy 6. I mean, it's so important in the Jewish life that they memorize and recite the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And and what do they have to remember about him? Well, starting starting with the teaching of, of that stuff, of that God is one and that all of the commandments he gave us are supposed to be on our heart. In verse 5, it says to love the Lord your God, this is Deuteronomy 6, verse 5, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Then verse 6 is a command to parents. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your heart. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your forehead. Write them on the doorframe of your house and on your gate. Now, we're not bound by doing that anymore. But look at how important it was to be familiar with what God says. He doesn't just say, suggest them to your children, impress them into your children. But how does he tell them to do it? He says, show them all the time. Talk about it all the time. Make it a part of who you are all the time. So if a parent wants to know how do I keep my child on the right path or help them find their path, and how do I add to that what you mentioned, that you know that it be a godly path, that they live according to the way God is 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 set up for them to live. My first question is, do they see you do that? You know, I want my kids to grow up and read the Bible. How many times they see you read the Bible? I want my kids to grow up knowing God. Well, how well do you know him? And how well do you let that knowledge be known to them? Because a lot of us have entrusted too much of our children to other people. Yes, that's a big thing. I think that the the society we live in today um, you know, so many things and complaints that we have about the areas of where our children are during the day and the and the rules that are, you know, in place there. Yeah, but we gave the, it away. We gave it away. Right. And yeah. I you know that I get real what do they call it? Uh I probably get real chauvinistic sounding or misogynistic, that's the word. But 
Moms literally designed to raise children, but she has to entrust someone else to do that because she's out making a living. Right. I'm not saying that a woman shouldn't be allowed. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not speaking into things. Uh, you know, speaking things that other people would speak into what I've just said. But let's just be clear. We gave away the raising of that child because we were out living our life. Yes. And, you know, I'm sitting across the table from him and I am a woman and I am a mom and I run a business. Well, two, I guess you could say, between a barrel horse business and a dental business. And um, so I don't take that as a derogatory thing that he's saying to me because he has consulted with me so oftentimes to help guide me. But what he's taught me over time through scripture and through prayer and through conversation is even though I've handed over some of that, it takes that much more effort on my part when we're at home together. And the things that I do with that child, you, you have to put forth a conscious effort not to give it away and never take it right. back. The, the, then the time you have is that much more important Yes, because there was a, a trade yes. of sorts. Okay. But if I want little Townsend to grow up reading the Bible, she's not going to do that because I just told her to. Right. That was just something she, because I don't, here's a thing that I, I really wish <laughs> that we owned more often. I think we teach children more than anything. We teach them how to be really good hypocrites because we're constantly telling them, do what I say, not what I do. And that goes back to what you just talked about last week. Yeah. Do what I do ought to be the lesson that we use to and, teach and our children. And you talked about the dissonance and what you th- what you say you think or what you say yeah. you believe in in comparison to what you actually do. Yeah, don't, don't amen the pastor when he talks about the importance of prayer. Knowing that your child sits there hearing you do that and thinking, I've never seen my dad pray in his whole, in my whole life. Or, uh, you know, some, some, the, somebody says something about the importance. Again, I'm using these examples and you can't see this. I have a Bible in my hand, but the importance of reading this, of knowing this, of, you know, David said this was like honey. You know, this is, this is my food right here. And your child thinks, well, I know where the Bible is in our house, but I'm pretty sure it's in a box in a corner. You know what I mean? Like, don't do that. You, if you actually want the answer to how do I help my child find his or her way, first is I'm going to show them the way. Now, I'm not meaning like I'm going to show them, because bottom line, like as far as like horse things, singing things, uh, beauty pageant things, mechanic things, building things, whatever, if, that, if what your child leans towards is not a sin, get out of the way, okay? My parents, God bless them. If I just randomly said something I wanted to do, they'd figure out how to let me do it. Yeah. So I said I'd like baseball. They put me on a baseball team. That ball hit me one time, and I'm like, I'm out of this. This is no fun. <laughs> it's like they're throwing a rock at you, okay? Even before that, I wanted to play soccer. And so they've put me on. They've found this little soccer team. I stood there. It's hot. I don't like running. I mean, I've been lazy a long time. And so, <laughs> you know, they let me try. One thing that I really liked, but see, pain is a real good deterrent for me. I really liked, as odd and random, I guess, I really liked high diving. Like I had this idea I wanted to be able to do what you see them doing in the Olympics. They put me in a college-level diving course at what was then Memphis State University, now the University of Memphis. I was pretty good at it. Front dive, back dive, front flip, back flip. I was in the process of learning something called a pike uh, flip, which is you jump, you bend over and grab your calf muscles, and you look like a kind of letter J, and you flip, and you're supposed to learn to open that up and then enter the water in a dive. But before you learn opening it up, you have to learn to keep the pike. You have to learn to hold tight so that you spin. Well, that requires hitting the water, uh, oftentimes in a way where the water punches you in the chest. I had the wind knocked out of me. Like I couldn't, like I came up out of the water choking and gasping, and I, I couldn't catch my breath. That was the last time I ever went to diving practice because I'm like, nah, that hurt. It scared me. I thought I was going to die. I'm out. Well, the teacher even called and said, boy, I'd, I'd like to put him in the advanced class. Now, of course, they said, you know, the guy said, the coach said, you're really good. Don't you want to go? Nope. Well, then that was it. It was over. So to their credit, my parents never forced those sorts of things. My dad did force me to be decent. Yeah. My dad did force me to be in, in what I would say now, though it wasn't termed this way, live like a righteous man. And I'm sure that your dad was a lot like mine in the sense that if you 
committed to something and you said that you were going to do it, you, you were finished. going to attempt it well and right. finish it. Yeah. Now, once you're to the point that you say this is not for me, I mean, basketball ended up not being for me. I had mm-hmm. to choose a different route. I played softball and rode horses. But, you know, you did the best you could. You did a job. You, you earned the job well done right. while you were doing exactly. what you were doing. But you let them put it down no matter how bad you know, how much you know, that they really, really will one day wish they had never put it down. Not unless they put it down. If you force them, then they'll always hate this forcing and thing. resent. And, and there's and, a bitterness there. Right. Yes. Okay. I I took piano lessons and I quit. And as a grown man, you know what I wish? I wish I hadn't quit piano lessons. Yes. So my oldest son said he wants to take piano lessons when he's young. Okay, buddy. I don't know his mom's his first piano teacher, and I don't I don't honestly know. I think the kid took piano mm, six years, seven years. I mean, it's a long time. And I remember my wife was always setting me up, but his piano teacher here in town was like, we're going to play duets with mom and dad playing with one of the kids because all three of our kids took it for a time. And she gave me the hard one. So he had to play the hardest thing. So I had to play along with him. But boy, it was fun trying to kick the rust off my hands and him playing. And then one time he just wants to stop. And I'm like, son, you could make money. Like when you go to college, you could make money as an accompanist at a school playing for students, playing for churches, playing for programs. I'm telling you, this is an easy in. You just got to stay at it right now while it's it's not complicated to learn. It's not, you don't have a bunch of other things to do. Nope. Well, I let him quit. And now he thinks the exact same thing I do. Now he's like, man, I wish I hadn't stopped. Okay. But he wouldn't know that if I didn't let him do it. Right. right. So you're if you have a child who's, you want them so desperately and you even see because he was good. You see this innate talent in them? Well, giftedness, that giftedness without dedication to it is an absolute curse. Yes. And so if I force them and they have no dedication, all they'll ever feel like is I'm failing. I hate this anyway. It disappoints everybody. I don't even want to be. Why would I wish that on anybody? And you know, it's so hard too, especially when they're really young, because there are times that my child longs to, the horse thing is going to come up with me because that's just what we both right, do. But, sure. um, you know, she longs so much to be on this horse or the fear comes in. And there are times where even my significant other says, you're forcing this a little much. Mm-hmm. But then after he sees her smiling and, and pushing through the fear. And so when I finally sat down and explained to him, my reason for pushing is not to encourage her to ride, it's to encourage her to push through her fear right. in whatever she goes right. to do. So that's two different lessons. And it's two different lessons. Yeah. And so then once he understood my reasoning for it, then he could get behind it. Right. So I think that's another thing we as parents have to be careful is our reasoning why we're pushing, yeah. why that, are we, you know, what, I think are, what are we doing? I think that's what I'm trying to say when I say you, you need to teach them the lessons even if you don't use the same methods that right. you learned it from. Yes. Because they need to learn not to be afraid. Yes. You know, that's... Over and over in the Bible, do not fear, do not worry. Well, that's a lesson I'm still trying to learn. How do you not worry? But all of this, all of this is built into that instruction when God says, everything I've commanded you, impress it on your children. Well, we, we don't impress it on our children and we're not some, well, not sometimes, too many times, we're not even willing to confess that the reason I don't impress it on my children is because I don't even know it myself. Yeah. Now, could that be because it wasn't impressed on me? Maybe, but by the time I become a parent, I can't keep pointing at somebody else's fault, right? That's on me. I'm the dad. I'm the mom. You know, you're the mom. You're the dad, whatever. It's on you to do it, but it's not on me to do it in the sense of I force them to do it. It's it's on me to make sure they see me doing it. So I heard literally this morning, I was uh, listening to another podcast, um, and the, and the guy said, was told a story about a pastor who had a little boy come up to him after church one day and ask a question. And the little boy said, every Sunday when you read the Bible, you after you finish reading the Bible, you say, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God will stand forever. Why do you say that every time you read the Bible? And the pe- preacher bent down and said, that's why. Now, I guess, you know, maybe that's like, Okay, that's kind of dumb. But to me, I was like, knowing that we were going to sit down and talk about this, I was like, oh, that's good. The reason that this pastor said, you know, I say this so that you remember 
Every time somebody reads this, that lasts forever. See, he kept repeating that, you know, so this boy is picking up on that. So the same thing, every time my child sees someone do me wrong, which I know this will shock you because I'm a pastor, but it's happened a lot. <laughs> um, my child, my children see how I reply. They see how I respond to the point that it has even on occasion angered my child. My oldest child has been angry before that I would do nothing. That I would, that's his terms, do, I guess, do nothing. Uh, I, I do plenty of fussing and cussing with me and God, <laughs> but I don't do anything publicly. And he has before been angry uh, that I don't have a, an outlet to get justice is his, his one, one time. And, you know, it's, it's crazy because I see so much of myself in your oldest and mm -hmm. your oldest in me. I mean, the, we're very, very similar in our personalities. And my mother was the type of person who was more similar to you in her reaction to things like that. Um, I would never see her do. Mm -hmm. And even with my father, who was more of a bold, outspoken person of any, in any scenario, um, I would see as the stronger link and her as the weaker link. Right. And as wisdom has crept into my mind and my heart and God has in, you know, given me, has been so gracious in allowing me to see things differently. I now see mm -hmm. her not retaliating and her not publicly getting her justice. Yeah. She was the, she was the strong link the whole time. Well, and I, <laughs> I've tried to make sure my children know I really bad want what you're, what you're wanting. I real bad do. And so I make sure they see in Jesus, there was a man who did not get the justice he could have gotten. There is a man who did not get the revenge as, the, as we might say in the moment that he rightly deserved. And Isaiah said that he was like a sheep to slaughter. He was silent. He didn't even, he didn't even pose a defense in that sense. Well, that's all I got to go by because that's part of those commands that God has spoken over me that he's spoken over all of us. And so I know that me quoting book, chapter, and verse to them of where those examples are in the Bible, that's one way to teach. But the way that that will stick the most is when they get in that position and they remember that dad didn't do anything. And then that's connected to because Jesus didn't. Yes. And then boom, I'm not saying they'll make that choice, but I've given them all I could give them about finding their way in, in that specific circumstance because I lived in a way that was pointing back to Jesus. Yes, absolutely. So a, a, a positive story of that is that when the oldest went to community college here in Mississippi in a small little community college, he had an atheist world history teacher that just hammered Christianity and, and Paul was a salesman and Peter was a fraud and, and blah, 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 blah. Well, he, through living with his parents, knew that this man was telling him an untruth because of all of the things he had seen and learned as part of being our child. And so he had a pushback to that in his own heart. Now, does that mean that my oldest child has made every right decision in his life or that his younger siblings have made every right decision? It certainly doesn't. But a little parenting is a little like teaching someone everything there is to know about sailing and realizing that the lesson is not complete until I let them on the boat alone. Yes, and and to know that sometimes the direction of the water is going to yeah, carry them right. places that they don't even want to be. But we have so many examples in our real life where we have benefited from these lessons and yet we're so afraid to let our children learn them. I'm a fairly decent driver. That partially comes from making some boneheaded choices with the car. I am fairly okay in, in an education setting. My wife will get me on this one every time. I hate to, my oldest son has always been my example list, my example child, <laughs> <laughs> but he, he's the one who had to suffer through having dad as his fifth grade teacher and his sixth grade teacher. And I gave them an, a memory. They had to memorize the preamble to the constitution once. And he, he could have scored up to 105 on it. And I think he got like a 98 or something like that. I grounded him for a week. Oh, my. And so mom overrode the grounding. She said, who in history has been grounded for an A? 
And I said, I'm not grounding him for his grade. I'm grounding him because he didn't live up to his capability. First off, I'm so glad God doesn't parent the way I do. But, <laughs> you know, she, she, uh, she and I had a discussion. She won and he was not grounded. And we, st- he still jokes about, I got grounded for getting an A once, but, um, I, I, I would have not even done that well at that age. And so one of the things my wife said to me that still sticks with me all the time with, with my kids is you can't view them as right now preacher man in school. You have to remember what you were like then. Yes, and I, I have that conversation often with my parents. My mom will make a remark to me about something, about the way that I handled something with such and mm-hmm. such, and and I was like, well, I said, I'm just curious, but when did Dale stop throwing things and, and breaking <laughs> remotes and hammers? And yeah. she's like, yep, yep. And I'm like, I promise I'm trying. And she's like, now I believe you. Okay. Yes, you are. <laughs> and that see, so you're you're even living out an example of what it means to let a child go on the right path or or find find their place. Really, the finding their place thing, and I don't mean this to be offensive, but I I think that's a young parent problem. Like I think young parents, whether in age, experience, or maturity, they struggle with. No, you have to like this because this is who we are. You know, my wife and I, without kids, we are a super musical family. And with kids, they chose in a way to be musical. My daughter loves Disney movies. She, you can hear her singing in her room all the time. She loves being in music theaters. My daughter loves that stuff. My youngest son likes it, but he's not like everything must be about this. My daughter has that in her. She's uh, gets that from me. My oldest son, innately talented, he did shows and things with his mother. He was always so good, um, but now not a part of his life at all. And that's partially because where we live. It's partially because of the choices that he made you know, about what he does with his free time. But none of those things are sinful. You know, singing or not singing isn't sinful. So that's just who we are, but they need to be allowed to be who they're going to be. Yes. And And then on the flip side, I think you have the ones that push so, so hard toward that. And then you have the opposite end of the spectrum. That's like, meh, you pick who you are, what gender you are, what do you want to do? Everything can go live in la la land. And so I'm like, you know, that's where I know the people who are having the conversation who asked me these questions are never going to be on the side of the spectrum that's like, meh, whatever. Yeah. That, you know? that part is handled when you realize that to let a child find their place in those personal preferences, like I don't want to do this or I do want to do that, that comes from already knowing their place in Deuteronomy 6. Yes. Because knowing that part, is gonna that keeps me off of the are you a boy today or are are you in yes. love with the same that kind of stuff? That's what I think we have to be really careful with as parents that we don't ever give the idea that you are just who you choose and you're never going to have an authority. No. Because that is absolutely incorrect as well. And that that's why I kind of at least I think I said if it's not a sin what they're wanting to do or choosing to be interested in, then let it let it go. Let it alone. Yes. You know, oh, I, I really, I, I want a camera for Christmas because I, I really, I'm really into photography. That might last six months. Let them do it. Don't, okay, here's the mistake you're going to make as a parent. Oh, Susie said she's into photography. I, you know, I really think we need to buy that $6,000 Nikon camera yes. body. And no, come on, you know, let them start somewhere. And if it's, if that's where they want to go, then you help feed that until it's no longer where they're and going. And then you teach them how to take care of the camera, that how to have. clean the camera. Right. Exactly. And then you spend time discussing the things that they're but doing no, with the camera. But no, my kid needs the best. Well, sometimes I think you you said you read this somewhere. Sometimes giving them them the best actually is hampering them. It's it's they're not learning. They're not you know. I need you to know everything about sailing, not just when it's the best boat. How do you get it by when it's the worst boat? I don't want you to just know how to drive when the tires are new. How do you handle water when they're bald a little bit? You know what I mean? I, you and need- when you literally skip all of the steps, and I see this so oftentimes in the horse world, you skip all of the steps and you try to pave the way and buy them the very best mm-hmm. 
the very easiest, the most expensive, give them it all, it takes away from them being able to dig down deep and work for it. Mm -hmm. And and by doing that, you also take away some of the sense of accomplishment, no matter how good they do with the easy way that you've provided them, their sense of accomplishment, their sense of just doing and and their their pride their their pride that is a a righteous pride mm-hmm. i don't know how you would say but your pride in your work your pride in what you do mm-hmm. your um overall just thankful motivated whatever it is toward continuing is because of how much time was put in not because of how much money was spent or mm-hmm. how much of an easy way that you had and so i have to remind my husband all of the time that part of being able to see your accomplishment and part of being able to enjoy it is putting in all of the work toward getting there. Right. Yeah. If you, if you just stand on the shoulder of someone else and so like, if I always have the best, I bet I couldn't tell you why I, it's yes. the best. You know what I mean? So if I started with some rattle trap thing and I worked my way up, well then I know every little nuance of, this one's better than this one, and this was, and I can tell you why. But if all I ever have is the top thing, I have well, no clue. Well, and it's like why. you know, in the singing world, I'm sure there are certain things that you're going to use or prefer not to. Or, okay, this is a great example, but like the the song choice mm-hmm. for something that you're about to perform. Deep down, you know, like, oh, this may not be the best song choice. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that you should go with this. But you allow it, and then it's a learning experience right. not to go and fall on your face then in a different scenario. Right. Okay, so for us in the horse world, it's like choosing a bit for your horse. Mm-hmm. There are times where I'm going to know that you're about to, like, this is going to be an epic fail. But you allow those things to happen so that then it's a full learning. Like, I know next time I'm not really going to go with the X bit. I'm right. going to go over here and choose this and try this. Yeah. You know, and so I think as parents, we always want to jump in and save the day. I want to be the Holy Spirit. I want to yes. tell you what to do. And yes. then we, we've got to be careful because even though you know that they're about to fall on their face and then you can't be that I told you so. Right. That that's and, th- that's where I that's the struggle. That's why I said this topic is so hard for me because I see all of these things playing out and I know what I'm trying to get in my mind and heart to do and be. But jeez. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like to be reminded that parenting isn't easy. That's why he gave it to specific folks. Uh, some folks choose not to be parents, but that's all part of the plan. And those of us who have become parents, it's not it's not easy, but it is. It is a a task that comes with instruction. And so that part, I think, answers every other part. You want your child to find their place in the world, you do it by looking at what God's asked of you as a parent, to always have the teachings of Christ as a part of your life, lived out, not talked about. And that hurts when you look back and you're like, yeah, I said all that, but they didn't see it. You know, they heard me talk about righteous living and they heard me talk about this, that, and the other, but they saw the way I treated people. They, you know, that's where we learn the most is when we see it in action. So I'm not just trying to give them the book knowledge of how to sail a boat. I'm trying to show them how I sail mine so that when they go out, they have something to build on. But I really hate to, to oversimplify it, but the, the nuances of, I like horse riding. I like building things. I like my dad likes mechanic stuff and changing oil and washing cars. I would pay somebody double what their asking price is to not have to do that stuff. So yes. that's just who we are. That makes us who we are. And neither one of the liking that, not liking that, that's not a sin. So let them do it. Support their thought process of what they would like to do until it becomes a sin. Then stop. Forbid it. Get away from it. Um, but, you know, worrying about, I mean, should I force them to take piano lessons because I stopped and I really wished I hadn't. Yeah, but you know that because you stopped. Let them learn the lessons. Let them, let them learn that, oops, you know, that's life. And be vulnerable to sharing. I think that's another thing that I want to kind of shift toward my end of my opinion on this is be vulnerable in sharing where you 
feel like you missed out or be vulnerable in sharing where you feel like you made a mistake mm-hmm. growing up or even be vulnerable to share where your parents were right and you were wrong or your parents may have made a boo-boo and you're fine. Yeah. You know, go ahead and share those things because I think sometimes parents try to shield their children from information that we as this is me speaking as the child here Mm -hmm. i'm going to piece together what i think happened whether that's (laughs) what really happened or not and so if you withhold information from me then i can't get a full reading on why you parent the way you do and so i think being open and opening the lines of communication even from a young young age Um, you know, my child is fully aware that mom has a bad temper Mm -hmm. and sometimes she says things that are not that, that they make God sad. They make her sad. They Mm -hmm. make dad sad and they're not okay. And acting that way is not okay. And then in turn, she's raised to know the only person that can control your emotions is you. Mm -hmm. And I have to, Mm -hmm. I have to stay on that constantly, but then remind myself she's not me. So she may not have a bad temper like me. So it's like this fine line of being vulnerable, admitting where I'm failing as a human being Mm -hmm. in life, but also not pouring out a whole, like I'm trying to prevent you from being me type thing. Exactly. So it's just balance. I think so much balance. You were way more informed than you thought because (sighs) I mean, that you take that, then the 50 minute podcast, now you're a perfect parent. Done. See? <laughs> Come on, give us something harder. No, we th- we're super thankful that you've been here for 50 minutes. We love each and every one of you. We certainly don't want you to forget how much we appreciate those of you who have asked questions or sent in different uh, topic ideas to give us something to chew on. We, s- we, are thrived off of that. Uh, this whole list, all you, you guys made just about every one of them, but we're so grateful to have you as a part of our community. And if you think this is going to help somebody else, I can only ask that you would share it with them. However, they want to encounter it. There's every, every podcast platform I know of, I'm supposed to, we're supposed to be on it. So I don't know if you find one we're not and somebody uses it, I'll figure it out. But any way that we can help and get into in contact with folks, you guys are helping make that happen and it grows our community. And then it just imagine 60, 70, 80 sets of parents all trying to do it this way. Imagine how the world changes. Talking to each other, musing and 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 not not pretending to be perfect and, and comfortable saying, yeah, I blew it here. What should I have done? And letting, boy, I think all of the world change we're wishing we could see, I think that's how you bring it about. Yes. So, guys, thanks for being a part of everything we do. You guys are the ones who are amazing. We're just basking in your shadow. Have a good wherever you're about to go and whatever you're about to do. If it's a week, if it's a month, if it's the next couple of days, whatever it is, make sure you do it with kindness. But that comes from the fact that you know the kindness Jesus has shown you. We appreciate and love you. Thanks, guys, for being here. Bye, y'all. Bye. Musings with Townsend and Preacher Man is a podcast dedicated to encouraging you as you think and start your own discussions at home about God and the Christian worldview. If you like what you've heard, please consider giving us a five-star rating on the platform of your choice and share our podcast with folks you know. If you need to get in touch with Townsend or Preacher Man, you can email either of them at mtpm.podcast at gmail.com.